Hey folks, it's Adam from Mage Watcher Podcast, and this is the part two of our two-part Rebel Without a Cause episode that was just too big for one episode. So, uh, hope you enjoy. Talk to you later. Because everything after this is a clusterfuck. If they had been born a decade later, they probably would have been a thruple. <laughs> probably. They would have been free love kids. <clears throat> that's not even a joke. Like, it started off as one, but that's actually 100% probably what they would have been. But, um, yeah, that scene. And then Plato falls asleep because he lays on the ground. and he My puts heart! It, and he's laying face down. And they're like, you want to go just walk around a little bit and see the house? He's like, yeah, sure. Actually, what they say is there's a bunch of other bedrooms yeah. in this place. There's a bunch of other rooms. They didn't say bedrooms. They said rooms. It's and, implied. Hell yeah. And she's like, hell yeah, you're James Dean. So and he's like, hell yeah, you're James Natalie Woods. James Dean <laughs> covers him with a jacket, which because, is sweet on its own. And I'm like, okay, yeah, you can't just leave him there because this kid is used to being abandoned. the socks. The socks are adorable. He has, they notice his socks and they start laughing. He's wearing one red and one blue. But in the trivia, he really did do that by accident when he was getting dressed. I mean, I don't know. If it's had a nervous morning. I don't know if it's apocryphal, but that was in the trivia, and I'm like, I want that to be true, and they just decided to leave it in because it's funny. That's so sweet because <laughs> they're laughing at him not the way the kids at school would laugh at him for having mismatched socks. Just for he's, he's quirky. They're laughing at him the way a parent laughs at a toddler because he's so cute. He's quirky. Of he's a he sweet would mismatch kid. His socks. It's a sweet mistake. It doesn't hurt anybody. He goes to her after. He's like, but I've done that before, haven't you? And she goes, yeah. Which is just... <laughs> relating it. They're relating. It's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then they go in the house and... What? No. My favorite thing. Hmm. The thing that warmed my heart is they're going to take the candelabra. They leave him. But instead, they each take a candle off of the candelabra and they leave him with one candle on the thing. Mm -hmm. It's like they're taking their friendship and they're like, but don't worry. The the foundation of the friendship is still here. The two of us are just in another room. Yeah. Look, we left your candle here for you. It. But unfortunately, uh, that's not the way Plato sees it. It does not read for him, unfortunately. And he He sees it as they were ditching him because they find out where he's at. And they, they're like, he's probably at that mansion that Plato's always talking about. So they go up there, and they that scene is rough. But Plato holds his own. Plato took a gun earlier. We From didn't even talk about that. Pillow. It was the gun he shot the puppies with. And Again, this, don't think it happened. It's a pearl-handled gun. It's just gorgeous, like has a clip in it. And that's very important, is the clip. Because Plato, you know, he's, he doesn't know what to do. These guys come out of nowhere, and he's just sleeping, and he hears the chain that he had pulled out on these guys Earl, the bike chain, uh, to to keep get these guys off of James Dean, and they they now have it, and they're swinging it over his head, and he's like, "Holy shit, holy shit!" He pushes one of them. I think he throws a uh, Dennis Hopper. He grabs the chain and, and he br- uses it to, to toss him. Toss him. I was him a, with the he was a tough him. little cookie. It was it was very scrappy. Then he jumps in the pool, figuring like. Now I can kind of like, which was kind of stupid. And he's just throwing whatever pools. Oh yeah, he made the he made the mistake. He's like, oh yeah, there's items I could use in here, and like I'm a cat and I want to get into a box that's yeah. safe. But he he did the thing where you're in a horror movie and you run up the stairs and then there's nowhere to go. Yeah. So now he's in an empty pool. He's throwing life preservers at them. They're like, get out of here, kid. They get in on either end. He has no way out. 
he grabs the hose from the pool that the drainage hose, and he's whipping the shit out of these guys. I was like, "Go, Plato!" And unfortunately, they beat the, they start beating the shit out of yeah. Plato, and he's like, "Where?" And does he? He gets away. He gets away, and then they somehow end up in the foyer of the house. And in the foyer of the house, he turns around and I think and he he's, nicks one of them. No, he's crying first, and he's just—he's he, like, "Help me, please!" He just goes, "I want to get out of here, please! I just help me get out of here, please! Just help me get out of here." Because he thinks that James Dean and Natalie Wood left him behind. Mm-hmm. And they took off without him. So he's really pissed. Sees um, the main goon. I forget which one he is. He comes down the stairs. Nicks him in the shoulder with the gun. And then um, Natalie Wood and James Dean come out, of the, come out of one of the rooms. And they're like, what's going what's on? And they're like, they're here. And you left me. And how could you? And he's so hurt, he runs to the planetarium. Kid's been abandoned too many times. And, and they're just like... They, the cops hear gunshots. They're, they're, they know they're up there now. There's a whole, like, chase. There, I mean, there are cops galore. And Ray, the, the, the cop who helped him in the beginning. The cops to a teenager with a gun that's so out of character. <laughs> Especially in California. Mm. So they, um, the parents of James Dean go to the cops. They get that cop from the beginning. And he, they're around searching for him. They get the call. And he's like, you're going to have to come with us. Not realizing their son is involved in all this. So they get up the hill and they're like, they went to the observatory. We got to go get them. And, you know, the, the, the goons kind of just take off. They, they're, they're, they're done. They get the one kid who got shot and they're probably going to take him to the hospital. And now James Dean, they're like, he's in. He shot a kid. He's shooting at officers. Now this is an yeah. offensive thing. They're waiting for the guy from juvenile to get there, which actually is out of character. And in the I middle of like... all this, Natalie Wood and James Dean have their first kiss in the bushes. Yeah. That, he's just like. So are you ready to do this doll? And he just kind of gives her a kiss and she's like, we gotta go. <laughs> Wait, it's not their first kiss. I think that's their first kiss. No. Yes, they I have think that... an actual romantic kiss I don't at think some they point did. earlier did they? in the film. I don't think they when did. When they're alone together. I don't think they did. I don't think they ever kissed until that moment. No, they did. They did because there's a scene and there's a very tender scene and she's like saying, I love you. And he barely says anything. Like he really? mumbles back to her. Yes, it's before Plato gets caught. Oh, Okay. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because they're sitting by the fire. Yes. You're right, you're right, you're right. They're, they have their own little moment That's of That's a sweet scene, too. It um, is. So I now, wish he had said it back. He just kind of went, oh. I don't think he knows how to. Yeah. You know, he's just kind of like. Could have seen that coming. You know, I don't think he's ever told a woman he's in his life that he loved them. his parents them. say it to each other. We I'm sure he's never that. said it to his mother. She treats him like shit and the grandmother. So now they're trying to find Plato. He's in the planetarium. And I love that James Dean earlier is looking at the switchboard yes. that works. It, and he goes, Good detail. how does this work? A lot of switches. How does this work? And he's mm-hmm. just like, this is very complicated, young man. He hears Plato in the darkness. And he's just like, Plato, where are you, buddy? Don't turn on the lights? He's like, what? no, don't turn. He's like, all right. So what's going on? He's talking to him totally normal. Like, mm-hmm. so, bud, what's going on? Well, he, not totally normal. He, he's, he's easing him into a false sense of security because he needs to get him out of there. Yes, he's being. He's talking him down. He's using. Uh, uh, Negotiation task. task, yeah, tactics. but he's being smart about it because yeah. he knows he's being a friend. He's being this a kid. Anything will set this kid off, and he doesn't want to get shot either. Talking down a child having a meltdown, and he turns the lights on, and you see the light, and he goes, 
Plato, just look up. Look at the stars, man. Look at that one star for me. They did that thing about the end of the world at the beginning of the movie that I was like kind of like mm. lost for. I was yeah. like, oh, that's funny. You think that you're going to live to the inevitable heat death of the universe? You don't <laughs> think climate change is going to kill us first? That's no, because they didn't know there was a such thing back then. Because big really Cadillac funny. cars and, <laughs> and belching factories. Uh. News on the march. So, Bold of you to, to assume the fear <laughs> of living to see a star explode. <laughs> so... James Dean is having this really sweet scene with him. And he goes, hey, 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 why don't you take my coat? And he takes his this jacket off. he accepts the jacket. And he's he accepts it because. Willing to accept friendship. He, it, he's like, oh, you do really like me. And, and I wish I could have taken it earlier. But, you know, my maid was watching me. And I don't want people to know I'm slightly gay in this movie. Oh, <laughs> I read it differently. I'm just saying, I think it was also he just didn't want to deal with a drunk. But I'm just thinking now he's comfortable with it. He, you know, is not a a person who feels safe around new people. This guy's acting weird. Also, people have been nice to me and then used it to laugh at me in the past. I'm not going to, I don't trust this new person. But he trusts Jim. Now he's willing to not push new people away. And not even, I shouldn't have said slightly gay. Kid's gay. Oh, yeah. (laughs) He's officially. They even say it in the, all the commentaries and stuff. I'm pretty sure they say it. Oh, well, he, yeah. So... He's just a little baby gay. I mean, there's a ton of articles written on Plato. Oh, I'm sure. It's like you could go, you could st- sit there for days. Um, and so this kid takes the coat. He's like, it's really warm, and he puts it on. He's like, can I keep it? He's like, of course. What you do can you think? Keep it. He's like, what do you think? Of course. And he goes, that was where I kind of saw that. I was like, okay. And he's like, all right. Why don't you give me the gun? He goes, just give me the gun for a second. And he takes the gun. He goes, wow, you've been carrying this around all. This it's thing's so heavy. heavy. And he takes the magazine. And he turns out. around, pulls the magazine out, slips it in his pants, and he hands the gun back to Plato. Like, here, I trust you. Now, he should have checked the slide because there's a bullet in that gun. Oh. There's still a bullet in that gun. If he, if he cocked it, which he had already fired it, there was now a bullet in that chamber. So he's like, okay. Well, I mean, this guy, he, I'm, I'm amazed he knew how to get the clip out. So he gives him the gun back. Plato doesn't notice. And he goes, why, why don't we go outside? Natalie, uh, uh, Judy's, Judy's outside waiting. waiting for us. Judy's outside Mom's too? outside the door. Yep. And they get oh, to the door. Oh, they would have been a weird little, it wouldn't have been a healthy relationship <laughs> no. dynamic at all, but they all would have needed it. Ten years later, yeah. they would have been a weird little throuple for ten years until the relationship imploded because none of them knew how to navigate that relationship going <laughs> forward into adult life. I don't think neighbors would know how they should be. Know. Neighbors are having there would trouble not with be the neighbors. concept now. <laughs> Polyamory is the new frontier that people are going to get mad at after trans people. Yep, unfortunately, because everything new under the sun has it's to, has to go business. under the gun. Everything. If three people want to have a nice time together in a house. I mean, hell, TLC's had sister wives on for how many goddamn years, and that's real. That Those people are well, there's fucking crazy. Some, there's indoctrination and sexism in there. But, yeah, you know. that's what I'm saying. That's okay, according to According that. to TLC. That's and what yet, I, that, and, and most. And but most, when queer people are doing it, fuck oh, off. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, I know. Fuck them. In <laughs> fact, no, I, I totally agree with I you. I joined a group called, like, You Might Want to Learn More About Polyamory, not because I was, like, necessarily interested so in know. it, just because, like, I was like, I, I'm, you know what, I have a lot of questions about how this dynamic works, and if I don't have them answered, I'm going to be inappropriately curious about it, so why don't I just learn this way I remember, firsthand? I remember, I didn't know what it was until I was working on a movie where one of the actors was supposedly Polly. Okay. And they just kept saying Polly. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what it meant. And the wardrobe girl came over and she goes, I'm Polly. And I'm like, I, and I didn't bother. Pocket? To, 
I thought I thought she was I thought she was a lesbian. She's like, no, I'm Polly, and I'm like, what's Polly? She goes, you're just into everything. That, that that's pan. That's how. Then she she also used pansexual, and yeah. I'm like, what's that? And she goes, well, it. it and she wasn't sure how she was in the group. She just didn't know how to explain it to a straight, especially a straight who was like literally just got out of college and yeah. was like, oh, that's I always don't. fun. And at that point, I knew bi, lesbian, homosexual. That was like all I knew were the were the three with the big three. Pan and bi are like two different flavors of the same thing. Yeah, pretty much. And and I just thought it was so interesting because when I heard the term years later, I'm like, I already knew that. I was enlightened. 10 years I ago. Learned. I think it became a thing like where people like everyday people were using the term like 10 years later mm-hmm. and I'm like oh wow that finally came around all right. That's, <laughs> honestly yeah forget the, the, the that is what this movie really is about. These three <laughs> should have been a thruple <coughs> and we are still not in a place in society where that could happen. Yeah. It'll be interesting to watch this in like 30 40 years. And, and I, see what people are saying about it then. Like I said, whatever's new under the sun will always go under the gun first. It's uh. just bad. Like, because people are afraid of new shit until mm-hmm. they get used to it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, nowadays, it's just getting harder and harder to convince people that, you know what, sometimes there's a new normal, folks. It's And it's sad. Now the cops are all outside of the planetarium. They have their lights all, bl- like 20 cop cars, they're blaring their lights in and Plato's freaking out. He's like, I don't want to turn the lights off. Being turn very the lights autistic off. again, he does not yeah, want the sensory He's overwhelmed. He's so overwhelmed. He's so overwhelmed. And James Dean's like, I'll take care of it. They're, they're, they're here to help you. No one's here to hurt you. It's all going to be fine. He literally it's says, not true. you go outside, everything's going to be fine. He goes, it'll all be great. He thought he was telling Nothing's the truth. Nothing's going to happen to you. He thought so much that he was telling the truth. But it's either that or a kid with a gun who could turn it on himself. And that, he was, you know what? A lie like that to save the kid's life and deal with it later, is he didn't have a choice. I don't think he was you know? lying. I think he thought that the and cops it, were going to chill I mean, out. not for nothing. They let those kids get away with a lot of shit in this I, movie. No, exactly. <laughs> That's why I think I think Jim once... Because he is supposed to be 16 and stupid. Yes, and I think once they let him and Judy inside, he thought, oh, yeah. they're letting me take care of this. Yeah. He thought that because he had a rapport with that one cop... Yeah. Who is on the megaphone now? He had control over the situation, and yeah. the thing is, no, because you can't trust the cops. They are reactionary, mm. and as soon as they see a shiny little piece of metal, they will act without yeah. thinking. Except for Ray, that one cop. Well, yeah, and he's he the one who's doing the gun. negotiating now. And, yeah. And he goes, he goes, do me a favor, guys. Just kill the lights, please. And Ray's like, kill the lights. And he's like, okay, we're going to come out. And then one cop, Turns the flashlight on. Because they it's training. It freaks him out. He fires the they they fire on the kid because they see the gun in his hand and they think he's gonna shoot and they kill fucking Plato. Do you they, know how they, many mentally uh, ill people are killed that way oh yeah. every year? Constantly. Still? Yes. Because cops are trained to be reactionary when they see a shiny piece of metal. They're not taught enough de-escalation techniques. And you make this argument online and people are like, that's not true across the board. Individual police departments, blah, blah, blah. It doesn't matter. Because if it's yeah. not true across the board, that is the problem. Yeah. Because you don't know who you can trust. There I, should be separate de-escalation departments. People with guns they're working on that. should only be called in. And this movie is an illustration of why because everything was fine and yeah they didn't know it and he didn't know it and it was a tense situation but the tense situation was set up 
decades before these kids were born. The tense situation is in part caused by the police state that they're living in. These kids are afraid of the cops. They're afraid of doing, okay, it's not- They're afraid of adults. It's not, (laughs) yeah. It's not normal teenager shit necessarily to steal cards and race them over a mountain. They are also afraid of doing normal teenager shit because they're afraid of the cops. Yeah. Like, it's it's a tense situation for everyone, and it's because all of a sudden, there's an us-and-them group that they're creating instead of saying, how do I de-escalate this fellow human? Yeah. The one cop who's still talking to these kids like they're fellow humans is the only one who is acting the way I would say a person yeah. on this scene should be acting. I mean, I... I... I've never, I've never been in a situation where you're going up against an armed person. It's your job to stop them. So Nor I. I, 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 I will always give cops that one benefit of the doubt. Like you're going into a dangerous situation with someone you don't know. I get the fear, and I get doing something stupid as just lighting a guy up. I can see that happening out of fear. But, but I also, they- but I also look at it as. You were trained for this, and that's also and you should you should know fucking better. Why? And that be- and they even say, he even says he goes, I have the magazine right here. He didn't give the he didn't give James Dean time to pull it out because it was an overreaction in the sense that you don't ask these questions because you're like, well, look what yeah. happened. But why were there so many cops on that scene? There was one teenager with a gun. Well, I think it was because they were he, he was firing the gun multiple times. So I they, under, no, they probably they probably didn't. One, there was like what six kids at that house. They're hearing gunshots go off in the middle of nowhere. They're searching everywhere, and then they find out, like, there's some unhinged kid. And they they just, the cops, I don't think, knew the situation. And right. they thought there was probably more people out there with guns. They, they don't know how many guns there are. They don't know who's shooting. But it's also just you know? the argument that we're in right now in the country at large, which yeah. is, okay, but does adding more guns to the situation no. make it No, no, of better? course not. Of course and not. And that is what is at the crux of everybody's argument. Because if here. you think about it this way, if Plato's mom didn't have that gun, we wouldn't have had this problem. Like you can and those puppies would have gotten adopted. You can complicate <laughs> the argument by saying, like, oh, good guys versus bad guys, blah, blah, blah. But the fact is... The kid had a gun because we were in a society that made him feel like he needed a gun Mm -hmm. because so many people have guns. Yeah. It was surprising because it was California. I don't know if the gun laws were like that then. By and large, by the way, that's what this movie is about. It's not just like the guns or the political situations or the being gay. Teenagers are the barest, most based, most like id-heavy reflection of the society they're living in at that time. Especially if you're looking at like the middle of the country, like the, at the in the 50s, it was white, affluent, like semi-affluent teenagers. That is the culture mm-hmm. that your place is outputting. And and this movie was an examination of that. Yeah. And it's- It was a great examination of it. It's creating monkey behavior. And it, it also reflects a time in people's lives where- you're being told to act like an adult, but, but you're still ever treated you like but one. you're still not given the responsibility of an adult. You don't know what like, well, you should be more mature. Okay, but when I act mature, you tell me I can't do that. It was all it was all it, roles based. It was yeah. based on how they looked. That little that girl turned sixteen. It she was had, little boxes on a hilltop. You know, and her her dad couldn't handle her acting like the little girl anymore. Like, no, you've changed costumes. You're not in this role anymore. You've yeah. had your hems lowered. It's you're a woman now, and it's that's not how transitions work. Yeah, no. it, mom says in the beginning, it, it's the that age where nothing fits. 
And you can't have that. You have to make it a, a category for that age yeah. where nothing fits so that something fits because having nothing that fits sucks. Yeah. So now we're getting to, we're, we're at the end of the movie. And it's also kind of, sorry, what we were oh, talking yeah. about in Roll Bounce about like the need for a third space for kids to hang out. That's oh, yeah, like yeah, their yeah. own. They're not being watched by parents. They're not being watched by cops so that they don't feel like they're living in a panopticon where everything that they That's do That's what after school programs bad. are so important. Because yes. it just, it gives a, play, a kid a place to go where he can get, a, get his yayas out and have a good time. But you still got somebody keeping an eye on to make sure you don't act the ass. That's it. That's what the last scene is. The criticism of the cops is a criticism of the culture that's reflecting on the students, literally just blaring a spotlight onto them because it's like you you have to act like a perfect person when you're a teenager. But the thing is, there's no such thing as a perfect teenager yeah. because teenagers are by definition messy and there's no place for them to go where they can act like teenagers. They can't be adults yet. They can't be kids anymore. And everyone's staring at them and pointing guns and lights at them. So what do they do? <laughs> they go insane. Exactly. It's lack of guidance, lack of a lot of things that kids, kids aren't just kids. Kids are complex. They're all different. They all need something different, but in the long run, they just need to be listened to and cared about. Like a human. Yes. I mean, it doesn't matter the problems you have as long as you know someone gives a damn about you and you fit you fit some piece of some puzzle. That that alone can keep a kid from just becoming a problem. There are people out there who are criticizing like this new wave of like gentle parenting where parents are like sit down and talk to their kids at eye level and it's like, oh well that's not gonna work on a two year old having a tantrum. Yeah. No, it does. You're right. It's not gonna work on the two year old having the tantrum. But what happens afterward is you will have a two-year-old that felt respected while they were having an emotional tantrum and thus feels safe enough to express their emotions mm -hmm. before they get to the tantrum place again. What you're doing is teaching emotional intelligence. I mean, it's like... Which is what nobody in this movie yeah. had except for that dad I character. Mean, if, you if, if you yell at a barking dog, the dog is going to keep barking because it thinks that's what you're supposed to be doing. We're monkeys. <laughs> you know? Remember that we are all monkeys. We're all animals deep down and we all have weird instincts and weird feelings only we've learned to place logic on ours i still remember and this was actually kind of recent i had and i've had many panic attacks in front of my dad in my life because we will get to the point where we're hmm. matching each other's energy until we're screaming at each other and one time i had one while will was visiting my parents and it was like a really big one and i was really stressed about this like mental health examination i had the next day i think i was getting screened for adhd finally and i was nervous and i couldn't find my purse and it turned into this whole thing <laughs> and i was having a panic attack and like usual everybody in my family freaked out and they kind of acted like this all of a sudden i felt like this this creature this thing that this animal that was freaking out and and, and nobody knew what to do with me but like Will treated me like a person. Will finally like got over like the the freeze response that you have when people are a family is arguing in your and he, yeah he's trying to get just used to the room and it's <laughs> but he saw me and he knows what to do with me yeah. when I'm having a panic attack and he just came over and he talked to me and like he had to baby me a little bit because when I'm having a panic attack like that I'm like six again yeah and that's the only response I'm going to get is somebody telling me to breathe and telling me to calm down and telling me I'm safe and telling me I'm okay and my parents saw that modeled. And I think later, like, my dad actually, he, Will told me my dad talked to him and was like, I, thank you. Like, yeah. neither of us have ever known what to do in that situation, yeah. but you handle it so well. 
and he does handle it so well because he knows me very well. But ever since then, it seemed like my parents have kind of known what to do better yeah. when I start freaking out about something. You ever, you ever heard of the movie Parenthood? No. They made a TV show out of it a few years ago. There's a great line where Keanu Reeves plays uh, Martin, Martin, um, see Martin's in it. Rick Moranis. You, you, you'd, you'd like this movie. It's all these different families. It's, it's modern family. The movie is oh, the best yay, way to put okay. it. Um, and Keanu Reeves is a guy who knocked up one of their daughters and they're having a kid. I love Keanu it's Martha. Reeves. I think Martha Plimpton plays his girlfriend and he's like, He's he, everyone thinks he's just this big idiot because he kind of is. He, he's he's basically playing Bill and Ted, you know. And he's like, you know, those two. That's strictly a romance. <laughs> yeah, there's no totally other romance. eroticism going on between Bill and Ted. Yeah, no. Anyway, they get each other. That they, was a great example. They're like minds. And he goes to one of the dads who's trying to give him shit about everything, and he's like, I, I, I never thought of it before. You need a license to drive. You need a license to fish. But any asshole can be a parent. And he and he kind of looks at him like, yeah, none of us have a guidebook for this. You know, like, you just do the best you can, and sometimes you're going to screw it up. And sometimes you're going to figure it out. And you, it's, it's just a matter of paying attention. <laughs> like it or not, you're going to raise a little version that's of yourself that's half you, and you better hope that you do a slightly better job than your parents yeah. did, because that's really all anyone asks of a parent. Yeah, and I think they know that, and, and that's why parents get so upset, because you are a reflection of them. You came from them, so they almost... Oh, I know, almost... that's why my dad and I got into so many fights. But, I mean, I mean, that is a lot of pressure. That is a lot. You are putting someone out into the world, and you're hoping... You, you didn't break them. You didn't mess them up. You did. And this. And, and that's why, honestly, I never became a dad. I probably would have been a great dad. I just don't know if I could trust myself to be that, that good with it. I worry about that you know? constantly because, like I, like I was talking about, like I like to think that I would have it all under control and be a good parent, but you get emotional in the yeah. moment because you're a monkey and I have a horrible habit, and, and I know my dad human. had a horrible habit of matching my tone, and I'm <laughs> terrified of also becoming the yeller. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I get it. I don't want to do it. that at all. So <laughs> it's like this whole thing, but also that's why it's important to be kind to yourself and to learn to be kind to yourself before you have a child and to forgive yourself your flaws, because if you don't and your child inherits those flaws because it can't be helped... And you see them in your child and you're used to treating yourself horribly when you exhibit those flaws. You're going to treat your child horribly when you see them too. And if you think about how cruel you can be to yourself about the things that bother you about yourself and then you imagine doing that to a child, I'm sure no parent will want to do that consciously. Yeah, you're the template. And, and it, that's what they mean when they say you have to love yourself before you love someone else. It's, and, it's not... You're not good enough until you have a good self-esteem. It's you have to know what love is internally. And leading by example is difficult, especially when you're making the rules and you can kind of break them because you're an adult and the kid doesn't get it. And parents, parents and kids, man, that's, you could, we could talk about this for days. We probably could. <laughs> so let's get to this. That's this. why there's this movie about it. It was a psychological mind. Let's get to this ending. Then. This this ending is so brutal. I looked it up beforehand because <clears throat> I, know I, you I did. saw these three and I was like, one of them's gonna die. I uh, better find out now. And so Plato's dead. He's laying on the ground, and Jim Backus comes running up to his son, and Natalie Wood is holding jacket. on to his to one of Plato's shoes. 
and she's holding it like it reminded me of a uh, Jackie uh, oh holding on to JFK's ear when he got shot. Oh she, Jesus! Like, in desperate, you don't know this story. No, There's, she like, grabbed she his ear. She in desperation, ear. like went to try try to put his ear back on his head. You oh know? my god! Sorry, that's fucked up. Because you panic, and that's it. You're like, oh, oh I not... can fix this. Holy crap! I guess I have to rewatch the Zapruder I'm film. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> Oh, jeez. I'll cut that out. So she's holding onto this shoe like, oh, my God. my it's Like, last, almost like, like my, my baby. Yeah, like my baby. And she's she's clutching it to her chest. And James Dean comes over, and he zips up the kid's jacket. And he's like, he always gets cold. Like a dad. And he's on his knees. And Jim Backus, for the first time in the movie, Jim's father is standing above him. And he goes... Let's get up together, son. I'll be as strong as you want me to be. I'll be, and it is, it's almost like this is what this, my lack of just giving you gumption and your mother's lack of giving you care led to this. We're going to make up for it now. And, and, and even the parents at one point share a look. Where they smile at each other very oddly when they're it's, all—it's really weird. At the when end, they're all driving he away, he said, "This is my friend Judy," and or "This is my Judy. She's my friend." And they give each other a very no. They both look. go. They both go to say something and cut each other off and just smile at each other. And it's like, and it's like this, like oh, just like how we met, and it's like you bonded through shared tragedy. Also, yeah. and good God, and also Natalie Wood puts the shoe back on him. And that and that really fucked up Cinderella. And, and I, the maid shows up and literally yells, "My baby," because that is her baby. I it, it's there's so you could do a character study on almost everyone in this movie. It's the same tragedy in Romeo and Juliet, and it's the same tragedy in West Side Story because that's the same story. And except it's they, just, except the lovers live. Well, no, one of them dies. <laughs> no, in West Side Story. Oh, I, I thought I guess oh, I meant in this. Yeah, well, the lovers live. There were three lovers. It was almost like the 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 most broken of the three was the sacrificial lamb to kind of make everybody go, holy shit, we've all this taken this too kid. far. Good thing it wasn't. It's like the kids took it too far, the adults took it too far, and this is what happens when you just don't pay attention. And when you don't talk. Yeah, when you, you don't talk until everything builds up into a tragedy, when you try to avoid conflict. Yeah, everybody had to learn from this poor kid's example. You got to have a bunch of small conflicts if you don't want to have one really big one. Yeah. This is a powerful movie. I, I, I remember seeing this in college and all the same conversations we're having right now. I mean, just about like latent homosexuality at, at a time when you couldn't be. You know, trying to understand your parents, masculinity, just what it's like to be a woman. It just, everything is in this movie. Yeah. It's really, it's... It's the blueprints for a lot. It's a blueprint for a very good, just psychological look at teenagers. Even at any at any time in history. Because you could call this basic and trite, I guess, if you wanted to. Like, oh, it's all so predictable, the emotional issues that they're having with their parents. But, like, honestly... It's because it it keeps repeating. Yeah. The, some things are trite because people in narratives keep repeating them and it's annoying and it's a crutch. Some things are repeated because they are repeated in history and these are relationships we always have with one another. Everything in this movie that isn't directly affected by the fact that it was 1955 in middle America is that. Yeah. It's either a universal human problem 
or it's very much about 1955, yeah. and there is no in between. <laughs> but I, you want to rate this thing? Oh, Let's, we're gonna get into ten. it. Ten. <laughs> I'm not gonna rewatch this because it hurt me, but it's a perfect movie. It, it's pretty excellent. I'm I'm gonna give it an eleven, only because it's classic cinema done right. It it's got all the earmarks of an important film, a well-crafted film. I mean, the fact that they got all that human emotion and story arcs in a 24-hour period. They explain so much for saying so little, too. There's not a lot of dialogue. No, it's it's literally from the performances you're getting a lot of the information. And, I mean, I wish I could have seen what James Dean would have become. Yeah. Be- I, I, I be- Like I said, I believe he was like 24 when he died. Uh, 24. He was 24 years old. And this kid made, like, three Honestly, of the biggest, like, Hollywood movies of the time. He was so huge. I wonder if the landscape of queer cinema and just, like, being out would have been different had he lived. Because I don't think... He wasn't out when he died, but he was so Who, young. James Dean? Yeah, James Dean. He James, wasn't gay. He was dying, it, wasn't he? It was... There's rumors. I've also read that... I forget the woman, the actress's name, but... He was in love with a woman and was desperate to marry her, and something happened that they weren't able to get married. I thought James Dean was bi. There, there's rumors. I mean, that there'll always be Hollywood rumors. He could have been. I all for I know is reason, it's never it's never been fully confirmed. No, for some reason I you thought know? it was confirmed, but maybe I'm thinking of somebody I could be, else. I could be wrong, but I couldn't because I thought the same thing. Because I thought he, I thought that he was gay actually. I thought oh, I had I heard knew he that. was at least a little bit in the ladies. I think he was also a theater guy who, you know, knew the culture of, of like, you know, at least the underground culture at the time of being homosexual in theater and things like that. And you just didn't talk about it. When questioned about his sexual orientation, Dean is reported to have said, no, I'm not a homosexual, but I'm also not going to go through life with one hand tied behind my back. Well, there you go. Ah, <laughs> that sounds like a man saying he's bisexual as loudly as he can to me. Okay. But, you know. <laughs> it would make, I mean, it would make sense. I, he was, he, he, the fact that he didn't shy away. Yeah. From the character of Pluto, uh, Pluto, <laughs> sorry, of Plato, who Plato was, was homosexual. And that's why I really think. That, that was the other thing. That's why different. they nicknamed it. He was supposed to, he was supposed to have the nickname Professor and they changed it to Plato. Because Plato was a gay philosopher. Not necessarily because of who he was as a person, but because he was so open and willing to support yes, this. exactly. I think it would have been different because his influence, he had enough influence over the people that he could have used that yeah. to, to further the representation of queer people in cinema. He seemed like a, a, a fan of humanity. Like he, he seemed like a fan of humanity. Just based on and his, yeah. open-mindedness when that wasn't, societal society wise it wasn't allowed no, it, you know that's it, what this whole movie was about you had to be one way or else because this was the american dream and how dare you want anything and else. the fact this came out in 55 you know i mean that 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 was like the height of everything like, was supposed gay, to be perfect i mean gay panic was everywhere it's just like oh those guys are oh they're underground and evil and they're gonna t- steal your children in the night they touch each other's butts so no oh i mean for god's sakes but they let them hang out with all those priests let your kids hang out with them priests. Oh, did you hear about Sounds that list of Republican lawmakers oh and priests God. that got arrested in Texas? Not one drag queen or trans person on that list. 
Oh, God. So that was Rebel Without a Cause. Yes, it was. What a great movie. I'm so glad you liked it. because I We're going to scoop a lot of content out of that one. I wanted to show you this. Um, I was I was sitting there going, I need to show her an old movie. And I, because you actually gave us the oldest movie. You gave me. Um, Nightmare. No, not Nightmare. <laughs> Miracle on 34th Street. Miracle on 34th Street, which was, a, well, I don't know. I can't remember what year it was. 1934. Was it 34? Right. No. No, 34th Street with, with stories. <laughs> and I was like, let me think of an old movie that she might. And I, for some reason, Plato popped in my head. And I'm like, this is a character. Because he's queer. But not, not that, this is the type of character you always talk about. And you always spot in movies when I don't. He's a little meow, and he's blatant. He's and, a poor little meow, meow. It's what he is. And and I was like, this is going to she's going she's going to look at old movies a little differently after this. You know, they're this not was, they're not all just like, oh, it's a romance for the time being, and the shop around the corner, and blah. No, this is like people had like some a stage play. people had problems, and this is a great example of just society at its just most broken. And it's a great example of the type of one I haven't seen because the old movies that I've seen that I like, I like them because they're the ones that read like stage plays because yeah. that's what I grew up studying and that's what I'm used to because I'm a theater kid. Yeah. This was very much from the era where films were becoming capital F films. Yeah. Um, and that was really interesting to watch that transition. And this would, this could work to, as a stage play. I'm used to not being able to relate to those because I feel like that's also where... It got to be like there's very much this culture of like kind of 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 there's a brand of straight white man that likes to be into film, you know, <laughs> and it starts and they're all around they talk around this movie and they talk about like Quentin Tarantino all the time. And, yes. And like, Mike, well, I remember the worst thing I ever heard in a college film class. The greatest director ever is Michael Bay. And my teacher almost threw him out of the fucking class. He goes. If a movie doesn't have a fireball, it's not a movie. And I go, I, I, I looked at the teacher. Teacher looked at me. Teacher looked at the class. Teacher looked at that kid and went, and you want to go to film school? He's like, you know there's a difference between films and movies. And he goes, you want to be a movie director. We're here to learn about film. cinema, motherfucker. Yeah. I thought my teacher was going to spit in this kid's face. <sighs> Look, there's a place for those movies. There's a place for them. I'm not going to try yes, to escapism that, is not a bad but thing. But it's not college film class. No, no. So anyway, yeah, there's there's that brand of guy. And they're the ones who, once they're educated, they get a little more pretentious about it. Yeah. But this movie is is not about that guy. Yeah. No, this, this movie is just top to bottom. It, it's it's perfect. It's it besides the time frame. Which I think is my only issue. It, no, I, I don't have an issue with the time I frame. wouldn't have had a problem if they had made it over a couple more days. I think a couple more days would have been worse. I think, think the so? shock would have set in, like would have stopped setting in, and it would have overcomplicated things. I, I just never fact, gone back to someone's house that many times in one day. The fact that this <laughs> happened so rapid fire is part of what makes it so impactful. Because yeah. Them not having time to think is essential. Think about the I guess, kid's yeah. conversation with his dad. You're right. Like, no, you're right. Everything is urgent. It's right now. It's yeah. Your life, now. your life can fall apart in a moment. It can. Yeah. And this and movie when is you're a teenager. It frequently does, especially yeah. if nobody's paying attention. Okay. I, I, yeah. No. That's valid. That's very valid. It's yeah. It, and it, it, you know, and it's just of its time. It, it's yeah. of its time, and it's impressive that it can be so relatable. And I think it's funny you didn't realize it was just one day. 
until nope. I told you. You didn't like, register. I didn't even think about that. Like your classic fairy tale. That was just three days. Oh, yep. Count the sunset. Because, I mean, sure it, it was. It could have been a jump. I mean, he was drunk the night before and had to go to school the next day. Yeah, there could have been a time jump, but they didn't do it. You know, they and they all, all those kids made it to school the next day. Which is also another reason <laughs> why it's pretty cool that it doesn't read like a play. See, I think it would, I think it could work as a play there's a difference between, you'd have to change a few things there's but, a difference between movies that could work as plays and movies that you could take the script and script and slap it onto a stage yeah i mean i mean i think the hardest part would probably be the the, the driving scene and you could do that with like do it like a 1950s where they just just used to um put a screen up behind you and, and play like backgrounds no, no, and make like, it look like an old movie. Your adaptation. What you're talking yeah. about is an adaptation because yeah. there's more than old movies were plays and I'm talking specifically as a playwright. You're talking about rewriting it as a different entity. Yeah. There oh. were there were there were three settings in old movies. Like you there were three different rooms, maybe four in an yeah. outdoor scene that things happened in. That's something you have to consider too. This movie, you'd have to rewrite parts of it. There's too many things happening in too many different places. <laughs> it's true. Now did you ever see the Paula Abdul video this was based on? Also with Keanu Reeves. What? There's a song called, it's either Rush or Rush Rush. It's like, Rush, Rush. It's like a really slow ballad. And they reenact this entire movie minus Play-Doh. Oh, and Keanu is, Reeves is based on this. Not and that this no, is based they are on reenacting it. the entire movie Rebel Without a Cause. Because I was like, Paula How Abdul is, is Paula Natalie Abdul Woods. Older than this? She's Natalie Woods. Keanu Reeves is James Dean. And they read, they do the chicky run scene, they do the knife fight scene, I believe, and then they end up in the mansion at the end, and they're just kind of like professing their love to each other, and that's kind of all that they leave Plato out of it. How very uh, give it a watch when you get home. Paul okay. Abdul, how bad Keanu Reeves. That's all you gotta look up. Own generation to only take the iconic parts out. Oh yeah, no, it's it's it, and he's wearing the red jacket, and it's a young Keanu Reeves. This is this is like. Young Paula Abdul, <laughs> back when she was like a Laker girl, just coming out of that. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah, she was a Laker girl. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. So, she was an American Idol judge. I knew everything about her at one point. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, folks. So that was long. So next week on the show. Yes. What would you like to give me, Mel? Um, well, honestly, like you've just been Did begging you... me to well, show no, me I have, musical. I, I, I have a list of movies you could give me. <laughs> You've been begging me to show you a musical, so, like, I... I've been begging you? You keep suggesting Moulin Rouge. I, you know what it is? I want to get it out of the way. <laughs> and No, 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 no. Not for the show. I started watching Moulin Rouge, and I suggested it to you because you were like, I'm trying to think of something a little different for you that... And I am not a big Boz Lerman fan. He's, yeah, you've he's, said that before. He's hit or miss. I like Romeo and Juliet. I didn't like that one. I like that movie. I actually. I don't like it as an interpretation of Shakespeare. Well, I that's think that you. You also were a, you studied Shakespeare. Campy interpretations of Shakespeare are fun, but this yeah. one was over the top in ways. Oh, I it didn't totally like. is. There, there's. I. That's not a. I'm not saying it's a perfect film. It's frenetic and weird. I kind of dug it though for the time in which I saw it. I, I'm not mad at anybody who does. It's just it hits me the wrong way. But it's very. Yes. Dude, I have the soundtrack. It's it's you know it's bad. <laughs> Uh, but I think he's, everybody had the soundtrack. He's kooky. He's great. I and love him. I didn't, and I didn't love his. Elvis I liked Elvis. I liked Elvis. I didn't like Tom Hanks because it goes with my. If Tom Hanks is wearing a costume, it's a. It's not going to be a good Tom Hanks movie. I thought Tom Hanks blended into the. Oh, character. he was awful in that. I love Tom Hanks. I hated him playing that character because he took me out of it. How did you feel about Tom Hanks as Walt Disney? I never saw <gasps> it. I've seen clips. 
Oh, but I've never, we have to watch that we can, movie. We can watch that one day. I love that I'll put movie. it on the list. Yes. Um, that's what, Mr. Banks? Saving Mr. Banks. Saving Mr. Banks. About the making of Mary Poppins. Oh. Right? Oh, if we're talking about daddy issues, maybe I should throw that one in next, honestly. <laughs> Let's get Moulin Rouge off the table. Let's throw Moulin Rouge in there. And, and it's springtime. Like I was saying. Love is in the air. It's appropriate. I started watching it years ago. When it first came on uh, DVD, <laughs> I watched it. And that opening song with the can, 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 because you can, can, can. Will hates that number. I got, He's like, it's disconcerting. No, no. I got a panic attack during it. And I'm sitting with Mindy and she goes, can we turn this shit off? And I go, it's it's freaking you out, right? She goes, if this is the whole movie, I can't do it. She goes, I cannot. And I go, thank you. And my I, I could feel my chest. My heart was pounding because I was just like, there's too much going on. It really does that to you. That's how I felt about the beginning of the Elvis movie. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. The Elvis movie does it a lot. On but purpose. I think it's a lot more smooth. Like the, the the scene where he's getting famous and you're like you're going through the bus and meeting all those guys and then he's doing a song and then he go they go into I it. I meant okay. at the beginning. I forgot how. Or like be- Tom Hanks pe- pe- watching you pass out or something and you're in his perspective and the like oh, world yeah, yeah, yeah. goes all wonky. Yeah. It was too. It put me. Too I forget. Much in I the saw head it. Somebody was like dying from drugs or something. I saw it when it first hit Max and I was like that was the first time I saw it and I never saw it again. But I I will say the kid who plays Elvis in that movie is phenomenal. He, he was, nailed that he role. He was one of the boyfriends on Hannah Montana when I was younger. He was in something else I had seen, and I didn't recognize him until I saw And I was like, I know that kid from something. And I, I, off the top of my what's his name? I forget. I, I Yeah. It's I'm, like Brian or James or Austin or Austin Butler. Austin Butler. Austin Butler. There we go. Thank you. I just need, I just need you to start me off. I could have got the It was one. one of those white boy names. Yeah. And uh, I like that movie. I Like I said, I respect what Baz Luhrmann does. But sometimes it's like taking, there's a spoonful of sugar and then there's just putting a funnel in your mouth and pouring it the fuck in. It's less a spoonful of sugar and more one of those giant tubes that you get at national, like That's national what I mean. You're stuff. just, you're just, you're like, <laughs> too much, too much of coughing up green smoke. It's almost like he's using it as a weapon, honestly. Yeah. Which is its own, but we can discuss all of this yeah. next time so when next, we talk about Moulin Rouge. We are going to do Moulin Rouge, God help me. I've only seen once. And I've only seen five minutes so there you go all right so until next time i have been adamock i've been melanie weir and we just made you watch a podcast you're tearing me apart start and end very consistent (laughs) i try